G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Okay, Gideon, tell the guys this is the battle plan. Okay, men, I want you to run down the hill. I want you to say, for the Lord and Gideon, then crack your little pot and then the flames out and then blow your little trumpet. Trumpet? That's it? Pastor Greg Laurie says Gideon's men likely questioned that plan and they may have even had questions about this man God sent them to be their leader. God will often use the unqualified to do the unexpected. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. A challenging job is always much easier with the right tool. You don't use a screwdriver to pound in a nail. You don't use a wrench to sand some furniture. And you don't use trumpets to attack an immense army, unless you're Gideon, sent by Almighty God. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie continues his World Changes series, examining the great leaders of the Bible who made an impact on their culture. We'll see what we can learn for our lives from the example of Gideon. ask you a question. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you like what you see? All the narcissists are like, yes. <laughs> All the selfies. But you know, what do you see when you look in the mirror? Now, if you have a magnifying mirror, it's almost traumatic. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know what you see. You probably don't like what you see. Maybe some of you do. It's been said, quote, mirrors don't lie. Lucky for you, they can't laugh either, end quote. That's true, isn't it? Be sad if your mirror laughed at you. Let me tell you what God sees when He looks at you. He sees things differently. See, when I look in a mirror, I look at my reflection, I see flaws. God sees things differently. I see weakness, God sees potential. I see what I am. God sees what I can be. I see the past, God sees the future. I see a lump of clay. God sees a beautiful sculpture. I see a blank canvas. God sees a a Van Gogh. I see a lump of coal. God sees a sparkling diamond. I see a vacillating, unsure Simon. God sees a Simon Peter rock-like man. I see a persecuting Saul of Tarsus. God sees a great Apostle Paul. God sees things differently than I see them. And now we're gonna look at a man that had no potential that we can see whatsoever, yet he became a bona fide world changer and his name is Gideon. The reason I mention how God sees things is when he's initially greeted, as we'll see in a moment, the angel says, hello Gideon, you mighty hero of courage. (laughs) And if there's anything he wasn't at that moment, it was a man of courage. But again, God saw the potential. So the story begins. 
Judges 6. Look at verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared and said, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Hey, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, and why have all these things happened to us? And where are all of his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? And now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you will save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Now Gideon immediately protests. Verse 15, Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least of my father's house. Modern interpretation of that would be, hey, I'm the runt of the litter. I'm the lowest of the low. And God said, yeah, and you're the guy I want. That brings us to point number one if you're taking notes. Number one, God uses people who are humble. God uses people who are humble. In fact, Gideon asks the Lord in verse 15, who am I? Who am I that you would call me? And I love the response of the Lord. The Lord in effect says, it's not about who you are, it's about who I am. So we say, who am I? God says, really nobody, but who am I? I'm the great I am. And I'm the one that's gonna do the work through you. So let's get going. I love how he's greeted initially, verse 12, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. I don't think Gideon felt like a mighty hero. I think he probably felt more like a pathetic zero. But yet God reassures him that he is the one. But first there's gonna be a test before he leads Israel into battle. And it's gonna be a test in his own home. God told Gideon uh, to tear down the altar his father, Joash, had erected to a false god. He said, go tear that altar down. And Gideon did it. And by the way, the Bible says he did it at night, bringing us to principle number two. World changers are faithful in little things. World changers are faithful in little things. Listen, if you want God to use you in big things, first you gotta start with little things. So Gideon passed the first test with flying colors. Now the Lord says, okay, Get an army together. So Gideon is able to rally 32,000 men. That's pretty good. But considering the Midianites had over 100,000 troops, uh, that wasn't that many, but at least it was a start. 32,000 men, and here's what happens. Judges 7, verse two. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me and say they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people who's ever timid or afraid, leave this mountain or go home. So 22,000 of them went home and only 10,000 were left to fight. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. We're learning to follow the example of Gideon as he's about to be used by God in a mighty way. Let's continue. Now there's one final test. He has 10,000 left. One final test. Judges 7, verse 4. The Lord told Gideon, there's still too many. So bring him down to the spring and I'll sort out who will go with you and who will not. Gideon took his warriors down to the water and the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. And one group put all those who cup water in their hands and then those who lap it up with their tongue like dogs. And the other group put all those who kneel down and drink their mouths in the stream. This 
test that God is now giving will reveal their attitude toward the enemy. You have two groups. First are the people that just went and just basically drank the water and paid no attention to what was going on around them. And then there's the group that were very careful to note what was happening. I remember um, we were in Israel years ago and we went to Gideon Spring, probably where this happened. And so I wanted to illustrate it, so I asked a couple people if they would volunteer, you know. Well, I want one of you to go down and just drink the water and I want somebody else to cup the water very carefully. And so I got two volunteers and as I'm having them do it, I looked and there was a sign that says, do not drink water, poison. It's like, oh no, <laughs> someone's gonna die for a sermon illustration. But fortunately, they were okay. But, uh, <laughs> but this story really happened. And now there's only 300 left. Only 300 left. But now we're down to the cream of the crop. 3% of the original 10,000. Now we're dealing with Delta Force, the Army Rangers, the SEALs, SEAL Team 6 even, the SWAT team. These are the elite. Okay, Gideon, tell the guys this is the battle plan. Okay, men, 300 of them. 300 against 100,000 Midianites. Here's the plan, all right? Just arm ourselves to the teeth and, well, we're not gonna use swords, okay? And we're not gonna need shields. And we're not gonna need helmets or any of that stuff. Okay, so we're gonna start with this. <laughs> torch. Okay, now put a clay pot on the torch. Okay, beat the Midianite. No, no, don't beat him. Just put the pot on the torch, right? Okay, what else do we have? Sword, big gnarly sword. Got you a little trumpet. Trumpet. Yeah, I want you to run down the hill. I want you to say, for the Lord and Gideon, then crack your little pot and then the flames out and then blow your little trumpet. That's it? That's it. I love this. It's crazy. It's illogical. It's biblical. And they did it. And so they come down the hill. So here are the Midianites. It's dark, you know. They don't know what's going on with Israel. All of a sudden they, they hear this noise and commotion and, and then they see these torches suddenly and then they hear these trumpets and they think it's some massive army coming to destroy them and they get so confused and discombobulated they start killing themselves. So by the time Israel gets to the camp the Midianites have all killed themselves effectively. I mean this is an amazing victory. Of all the upsets celebrated by military historians. None is more amazing than this one that God accomplished through Gideon. They were basically outnumbered 450 to one. Yet Gideon's army won a crushing victory over the Midianites. Say, well, that's a nice little Bible story, Greg. Thank you. Can we go home now? Not yet. Because we read these stories for a reason. They're not just here to entertain us. They're here to instruct us. So what do we learn from this story? Answer, we're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. And it's a war that is not fought with normal weapons. Ephesians six twelve says, we're not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule the world, and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realm. See, here was the problem with those soldiers sent home. They underestimated the enemy. Don't underestimate your enemy. The enemy, your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Don't underestimate him. 
But at the same time, don't underestimate your God either. Your God is greater than your enemy, but your enemy is powerful. So you need to have a healthy respect for that and understand how to fight with this enemy. This war is not gonna be won by clever strategies or plans. We're not gonna win this spiritual slash culture war with boycotts or protests. We're not gonna win it by withdrawing. We're gonna win it by praying and preaching. There's a popular book out right now that I've heard talked about a little bit uh, where this author talks about the time has come for the church to pull back and withdraw. He says the best way to fight the flood is stop fighting the flood. So he says withdraw. We can't win this battle. I beg to differ. I don't think this is the time to withdraw. I don't think this is the time to retreat. I don't think this is the time to back off. I think this is the time to step up our game and go into attack mode. Do you agree? You say, well, Greg, you're scaring me. Attack mode. Attack mode, are you talking about like we're gonna get weapons? No, no, no. I'm saying we're gonna use spiritual weapons. What are they? The best weapons we have in this culture are praying for people's hearts to change and the proclamation of the gospel. This is not the time for isolation. This is the time for infiltration. This is the time for permeation, you see? And so this is a real battle and we need to fight it with spiritual weapons and do everything that we can do to make a difference. Listen, God will often use the unqualified to do the unexpected. He'll often use the unqualified to do the unexpected. Will you step forward? You know, we read in our story that Gideon tore that altar of his father down at night. Reminds me of another story in the Bible of Nicodemus, remember him? A religious man who came to Jesus by night. And he said, good teacher, we know that no one can do what you do unless God is with them. And Jesus just said, hey, buddy, you must be born again. I love the way Jesus just cut to the chase with Nicodemus. Nicodemus, Let's just get down to the bottom line. You need to be born all over again. Yeah, Nicodemus came at night. Probably was afraid to be recognized. Was concerned about the opinions of others, not unlike Gideon. But he came to Jesus, and that's the most important thing. I don't care when you come to Jesus, day or night. I don't care if you come because it's crisis or if things are going well. The main thing is that you just come to Jesus. That's all that matters. Just come to Jesus. And you know... Jesus says, he that would come to me, I will in no way cast out. I won't turn you away. Do you need to come to Jesus today? Do you need his forgiveness? Uh, maybe you are not even sure what will happen to you when you die. You would like to know you'll go to heaven, but you think that can't be known? Yeah, it can be. Through prayer. By saying, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin, and I believe that your son Christ died for me on the cross, and I want to believe in him and I want him to come into my life and forgive me. And God will do that for you right now. He'll forgive you of all of your sin. So let's pray. Father, I pray now for any person here or any person watching and listening who does not yet know you. Lord, help them to come to you and believe in you and be forgiven of all of their sins. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Pastor Greg Laurie with an important closing prayer. And if you've come to realise that you need to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, today's a great day to do it. And Pastor Greg would like to help you right now. As you've been listening to this today, maybe you've heard another voice. By that I mean, yeah, you heard me say a few things, but you heard God's voice speak to you deep in the recesses of your heart, and it suddenly dawned on you, this is what I need. Or to state it more accurately, this is who I need. I need Jesus, and I want Jesus. But maybe you don't know how to make that connection. Let me help you. Pray this after me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin. And I need your forgiveness right now. Would you come into my heart and my life as Savior, as God, as friend? I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I know that was a relatively short prayer. Maybe you felt something as you prayed it. Maybe you felt nothing. That doesn't really matter because God's word says, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, so you may think you have it or you may hope you have it if God's in a good mood. No, that you can know it. And I want you to know, if you pray that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into your life. So congratulations, you're now a Christian. Now continue to follow the Lord. Thanks, Pastor Greg. And if you've just prayed that prayer, we'd love to help you to begin to grow in your new faith. We'd love to send you some resource materials called our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and help you get started off right. So get in touch for your New Believers Growth Packet. Call one 800 0 well, tomorrow, Pastor Greg continues his series called World Changes and will consider the strong man named Samson. It's a story of God's providence, the power of sin, and how to find redemption. That's tomorrow on A New Beginning. If you'd like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, it is available on CD from Vision Christian Store. Search what to do when the odds are against you at visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 